0: Um, And once we get that right, which is for me, the most important thing that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment, the third one passion. Those three ingredients are (laughs) non-negotiable.
1: Welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. Uh, I'm Gavin, and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How are you doing, Paz? I'm good, man. How's things? Good, good. And Just, how are you doing? Doing all right. <clears throat> cool, cool. All right. Well, let's get down to unpacking the weekend then. Um, so, firstly, Manchester City played before us. Um, they won their game comfortably, which is what we were all expecting. So then we have to go out there and answer. Um, Just, do you feel that playing second in this scenario he's kind of adding a little bit more more pressure lumping a bit more on the psyche
2: i do yeah um seeing them get results and knowing that we have to at least at least match the result i think just just adds a decent bit of pressure yeah and i believe we play after them for most of our remaining fixtures as well so we'll have that just a little bit of pressure heaped on yeah and their game
1: was kind of similar to ours just really because that first half they were absolutely fantastic and then they made a raft of changes and it kind of fell apart a bit from them after that. but it was scary watching them in that that opening half
2: yeah, it was really similar to ours i um I thought city was gonna just absolutely run away with it at first, just like i I kind of or we had a chance to I guess I should say and then um you know both teams really uh really slowed down as the game progressed.
1: Yeah, uh, Paz. So onto our game starting lineup. The only surprise was Zinchenko didn't make it. Apparently, he felt his groin. Nothing serious. Will probably be back for Friday night. Um, no complaints with the starting eleven, right? No, no,
0: no nothing from what I could see was uh, pretty standard um, from what we've been seeing over the last few games. So yeah, only Tierney, but no, no surprises at all
1: no and and to be honest no complaints with the way we started either because i thought for half an
0: hour um we were we were excellent weren't we yeah very much like the liverpool game uh so we started well playing playing fluidly um we looked uh like we were um we we definitely had that week rest um so i mean yeah yeah I mean, again off start straight out of the blocks taking the game to them controlling the game uh couldn't ask for more
1: yeah, for sure. And let's, let's run through the goals real quick past the first one. Saka finds Ben White. Ben White cuts it back. Jesus taps in from a yard. Um, he almost tapped it all the way back across goal, actually. But uh, it was a nicely worked goal.
0: Very nice. Odegaard, you know, uh, again, that's, you know, one of his key contributions. And then great run by Ben White. And uh, you could see that pass all day. You know, that was the pass to make. And then uh, Jesus gets the ball in. But it's something we've seen all season with Ben White making the runs and overlapping with Saka. Um, so yeah, lovely move, good fluid football. Um, and um, yeah, at that point you're, you're thinking more to come.
1: For sure. And Thursday, Juz, we talked about the damage we could do for them out wide or do to them out wide. Sorry. Um, and uh, it, it proved that way because four minutes later we worked the ball down the left Mike Brilliant pass to the back post. I mean, West Ham are going to be furious with their with their defending there. Um, but Odegaard comes in at a, a nice finish.
2: Yeah, it was a great goal. Uh, both of them actually were, were really nice. Some uh, quick, intricate passing just to, you know, cut their back line and and basically have an easy finish uh, at the end of both of them. But yeah, terrific cross by Martinelli uh, to the far post there. And uh, uh, Souffal was sleeping. I don't know what happened, but he was nowhere near that ball. So... Yeah, and it was it was pretty easy
1: from from that point on for that first half an hour. I mean, we were knocking the ball around. We didn't create very much. That was the only thing. Um and, and that ground was dead pass, wasn't it? I mean, you you could you could have heard a pin drop in there.
0: Again, you know, it looked like it was deja vu, uh, just a different stadium, exactly like the Anfield game. Quiet. Um, we'd quiet in the crowd. we done we'd done what we should be doing at these away grounds and and quieting them and taking control of the game um so absolutely you know it it was exactly i'm sure the game plan that arteta wanted it's exactly what we would have wanted after 30 minutes um and uh, yeah they 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 absolutely were silenced i, I couldn't I could only hear arsenal fans
1: yeah and they um they, they will turn on their team, West Ham fans as well. Like they're an incredibly fickle bunch. They can get loud, although in that stadium, I think it's difficult for anybody to get loud, but they will turn on their team. They've always turned on their team quite quickly. Turn on the team, turn on the manager, turn on the board. They'll, they'll turn on anybody. And I think we were starting to get to that point, Juz, when we were knocking it around and it was the old famous death by 300,000 passes. Um,
2: did it just get too easy? Yeah, I think that is probably the um most reasonable ex- expectation there is that it just um uh I don't know we almost put ourselves to sleep. Um both goals were were simple and West Ham was just, you know, they they were sleeping. Everybody was sleeping and it's uh yeah, I think we just got too comfortable. Yeah, and uh,
1: the 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 one thing is the only th- problem with with this in the way we were playing the first half hours we didn't really create anything did we it's not like we were having a a raft of chances we were just having all of the ball um I mean don't get me wrong we all thought that it was in the bag at that point just because of how how poor they were and how how well we were playing but would you like to have seen us create a little bit more um in terms of making Fabianski work because like we didn't have a shot on target other than the two goals in that in that spell
0: uh, with hindsight, yeah. Uh, I think um, one of the, the biggest issues I think we've had with the team sometimes is uh, we seem to drop off. Um, usually it's after we score the third goal, actually. But um, we seem to drop off a bit. Uh, it's all good control in the game. But if we penetrated it twice already, I'm sure we can with a team that obviously it's has already played European games. I know they rested players, but... Uh, Low on confidence, you could see they were low on confidence. You know, go for it, go for the jugular. Um, and this is probably the difference between us and City at the moment. City are doing that. Um, yeah, you could argue with Leicester that he made all those changes and and etc., but you still felt that they they've got it, uh, at 3 0, and then they can they can afford to make those four changes. Um, we're not in that luxurious position. So we really, with our best team that we can put out there, we've got to be going for the juggler. We're just not. Um, and uh, I think that's that's where we're seeing the parallels between the two teams differ. Um, so, I, yeah, absolutely would have liked us to have been a bit more forthright in, in our attacking play uh, than we did because, as you'll probably get to with their goal, it could lead to things like that.
1: Yeah, and that was the thing. There there was only one way West Ham were ever getting back into that game. And that's how it happened, right? Like, there was no chance that they were playing their way back into that game.
0: Yeah, it, it takes us back to the years before, Arsenal before, where we would drop the ball completely and, and make some suicidal decision. Uh, and I think that was it. That was exactly what their only pathway through like, again, with Liverpool, because Liverpool won, Yeah, they had that solid chance, but they weren't really showing a lot in that first half. And it goes back to the point of the Liverpool game where shut this game out 2-0 at half-time and you've got a totally different game. But letting a team back in um, before half-time is probably the worst time to do that because then they're buzzing, aren't they? Yeah, for
1: sure. And the Liverpool game, you can make an argument that it's a point gained rather than two points dropped you can make the argument that they've got a second best home record in the division and mm. they were always going to come back out yeah there's none of them arguments to be made here this is no. pure and simple sadomasochism right that, that that's all self destruction yeah absolutely. absolutely we we caused all our own problems and just it's got to be concerning and i think this has been since the world cup exactly how big a drop off there has been in our defending You've seen the goals from corners, right, that have increased when we weren't conceding any before. We've yeah. seen Ramsdale putting in man and match performances when there was a point before there was a point before the World Cup started. He basically wasn't making any saves. What the hell's going on? Why
2: are we conceding two again? It is a, a really stark difference. Um and you know, I don't I don't know. It's uh you know we miss Saliba, of course, uh, but i it's it's obviously not down to just that. and I do well, we were
1: having the, we were having these problems before Saliba got injured.
2: yeah yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know to and to go back to Paz's point from a a, a little bit ago, we very rarely uh, like go for the throat, be ruthless. Mm. and I think that combination with kind of how our shaky defense has been. It's going to lead to letting these teams back in. And it's, I mean, it it is a real big problem right now.
1: It is, you know, and I'm willing to take pelters for this because I text you guys at 2-0. And uh, I said, if we come out of this weekend having gained goal difference on Manchester City, that's a (laughs) huge win.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll take it as well. I was saying this is going to be, I'd always predicted a big win. You know, I, I made the same mistake. But going back to that, uh, Gav, and, and Justin, what Justin's saying about Saliba, I think where we're missing him as well is where your point about control. Zinchenko offers that as well, but Saliba in his first pay- phase of passing does something that, that holding can't do, and that's open up the play. And I think we're missing that as well in our, in, in, from an attacking perspective, holding the ball, controlling it, getting through the lines, breaking the press. Saliba's excellent at that. We're really missing that as well in times when we're 2-0 up or because he can start a counter-attack just from that first phase of play. So I think there's another area where he's really missed, not just from defensive, which we can talk about, but I think it's also how we uh, control the ball as well.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. And I know Jazz agrees with that as well. Um, And it's also slowing us down because Mm Holden needs an extra touch and White has to hang around for a couple of seconds longer while he sees what's going on before he can actually go so I, I do agree with that and I think you know we played with that 50% of our back line and I think it showed I think the drop-off mm. from Zinchenko is just too big to overcome basically mm. yeah. um, it, it's just too big I mean there were times there yesterday and and I don't want to turn this into a, a Kieran Tierney slagging match um, but I you know I saw people last week saying well maybe Zinchenko should be dropped for Tierney which is absolutely insanity and you saw why very quickly there, because his first thought when he gets it is to lump it long or yeah. lump it out of play. Yeah. And we've just moved we've just moved beyond that. And it's you know, he's a he's a good fullback for a mid table team. What he isn't, and I don't blame him for this because I don't know anyone that is, he's not Zinchenko. And we play in such a way where Zinchenko Zinchenko touches the ball a hundred times a game. Do you know how insane mm. that is for a left back? hundred mm. times a game. And he offers. And I tell you what, we'll we'll get onto this now. Um, but I thought Parte had one of his worst games for us that I've seen. And I think part of it was that he was missing Zinchenko in there, mm. giving him some support. Um, and I think part of it is once he made that first mistake, he didn't ever seem to recover from it. It was just mistake after mistake. And I know there's a school of thought that we sent a physio with him to Ghana for a reason. And he's coming off in games where he wouldn't usually come off. And I do wonder if on Sunday that was because he was on a yellow card and we didn't want to see him pick up a suspension. Or if that's because he's picked up a not passed. Do you do you see I mean he doesn't look like he's struggling physically, right?
0: Doesn't look like it, but I 100% agree. I thought it was an awful performance, especially in that first half. I thought his defensive play was... And and he made a mistake. I think memory serves me correct. He made a mistake first for the Declan Rice uh, to capitalise on. And then he made one straight after that, I think, which was, again, like a lapse in concentration. Very uncharacteristic from his side. I don't know if he's carrying an injury, but I didn't think Jorginho did badly when he came on because he did have some element of control on the game. But it was weird that party went off that early and and it's uh it's a slight concern but he he very he really was not in that game he and and I think that that first mistake was pivotal in terms of them getting back in
1: yeah and we, we will come on to those those subs because I'm sure everyone's got a got a lot to yeah. say on them um, because they were they were strange um, they didn't work and we ended the, we ended the game. In fact, I, I'll read you a text from from Burn the Whammer, um, who texted me. He was obviously he was at the game, and he texted me on the way out. He texted me at halftime and, and said, "You're going to run away with this." And he texted me on the way out, and he said to me, "That was the weirdest second half I've ever seen from you lot." And why did you take all your best players off? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's a West Ham fan who saw saw those subs that way. But let's let's do the let's do the the mistake and the penalty and the handball and blah blah blah. So. Partey tries that little flick around um, to run on that he does. And and I want to be clear on something here. I, I've said before that I will never slag off a player for making a mistake when we're trying to play out from the back. That wasn't what this was. This was fucking around at the back. They're mm. two very different things, right? There was no press. There was no – we weren't playing around with anything. We were literally fucking around on the ball. And he tried to flick it over. Rice gets in. I think it's probably a handball. I don't know if it hit his chest first. But apparently, because the goal comes from the penalty and not direct, they don't check that. They don't go back that far. If it had... uh, Dermot Gallagher was saying, had Rice taken the ball on and scored or laid it off for a goal, that would actually have been checked and probably ruled out. But because it led to a penalty, they don't go back. I, I don't know why, but that apparently is the rule. So anyway, so maybe it's handball, maybe it's not. The ball goes through to Piquetta. Once again... To me, it's not a penalty. Um, Gabriel slides in, which is stupid, but he pulls out of it. Paquetta reaches in to make contact, and down he goes. Does it's one of our favourite scenarios again, where whether it's a penalty or not, VAR ain't overturning it.
2: Yeah, I thought this one was uh, was pretty harsh as well. Um, you know, kind of like the uh, the holding one in the in the Liverpool game. Um, you know, again, it it comes back to what we were saying about carelessness and i don't know already thinking we had the game won, so you know uh parties trying to do things that are you, you know just putting the whole the whole uh back line under pressure but yeah I, I thought the i thought it was harsh on the penalty but he slides in and he gives <laughs> the ref
1: a decision to make and, and pass i guess the thing is there you just stand up right like, like there's no good coming from him diving in there
0: no, it's a bit of a rush of blood to the head. Um, I think it's slight carelessness from, from him. Same with the holding one. I just think it's slight carelessness. Um, and I, I think, yeah, you know, uh, it's one where if he doesn't give it as a penalty, I don't think VR overrules that either. But, Your you know, it's, this, yeah, it's the rush of blood for me. You 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 have to be a bit more savvy in these circumstances because we're now facing these incidences every single week so as a defender you have to stay on your feet a lot more and be a bit more alert to the situation but he was definitely um thrown under the bus by Partey with that stupidity in the in the midfield
1: yeah absolutely he felt like he had to make a last ditch challenge which i, I yeah. don't think he did but he felt like he did mm-hmm. so you can't really associate any blame there and just i mean do you ever feel that Ramsdale is going to even get close to to a penalty? Because I, I was under no I, – I had no doubts that that was going in.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think Ramsdale great. great. Uh, saving pens, though, it's it's not really been something that, uh, you know, we've seen from a lot. He, he's not great at them. Uh Opposite way and all that, you know, most of the time. So
1: Yeah, it, it I don't know. It just didn't feel like it. And I'll I tell you what, the feeling I got, and Paz, I don't know if you've got this too – but when that ball hit the net, I just felt like a second was was inevitable.
0: I did feel that. I did feel it. Uh, I, again, it goes back to the timing of the goal as well. You've got the crowd back on their side again. You've got them now all buoyed by that. Um, you've just totally thrown yourselves in a situation you didn't need to be in. but it it did give me feelings that we were uh, we were going to be on the back foot again um and uh it's it's a horrible feeling but it it's one that has started to reoccur itself a few times for us now and when it happens so when it's happened just the week before again i know what you're meaning about liverpool absolutely i looked at that as a point game still but to to mimic exactly the same uh trend as you did just a week ago that's not a good look
1: no, it's not. It's not. And and they, you know, they play for throw-ons. They play for corners. That's what they are. We said last week we have this habit of turning Antonio into fat Ronaldo. And for half an hour, he absolutely did nothing. And then all of a sudden, he's beasting everyone left, right and centre again. I'm, I'm telling you, 10 years ago, we should have bought this guy and just stuck him in our reserves just so we didn't have to play against him. Him and Andy Carroll, they should have played every game up front for our reserves for 10 years. Well, Andy Carroll would have been injured for nine of them, but you know what I mean? Like, just just get them out of the way. Like, as much as Bobby Firmino's going, I can't wait for Antonio to go because I've never seen such an average player that a team like ours can make so good. Just what is it
2: about these players? (laughs) Yeah, I really really don't know. It's crazy. It's like a switch goes off when they play us. Um, Are you ever watching a game and you hear, like, commentary say, you know, this player hasn't scored in, like, 35 home games or whatever? It's like the second they say that, you just know they're gonna get a goal. And I know yeah. Antonio's not that bad, but yeah, it just really is weird. It's just like some strikers we just have horrible matchups on, or they just, you know, they have like the game of their lives when they when they play us.
1: Yeah, and they were they were hitting the ball into the channels all the time. Antonio was Antonio was running and he was just winning throw-ons and throw-ons were turning into corners. And it just it, like we said it just it just felt like it was coming the whole way you never ever felt you never ever felt secure and uh, uh, you're thinking again for the second week running we just need to get half time we just need to get to half time but when we come out pass it was no different again I, I just I know that you can't just flick a switch but at the same time that's kind of what we did right because we went from being in complete control to
0: panic stations Deja vu. It, 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 absolutely, exactly the same. It, it, I don't know, I, I, and I can't apportion blame for Arteta because I'm sure he's not saying go out in the second half the way you ended the first half because that just doesn't make any sense. But there's, see, there's something that's going on mentality wise which is causing us to be this this scared. Um, but it's it's it, it, we weren't when the first thirty minutes we were absolutely doing what we need to do. But then when the team gets back in. For some reason, what we've seen recently is that we get this this kind of, I don't know, fear factor or we have to push back or we have to we we start to go against what what our game is. And I think Arteta even pointed it out in his post-match conference um, post-match interview in that he was saying that we were doing these unnecessary flicks. I think that was kind of an implicit attack on party, actually, as well, because that's the kind of things we were doing, these stupid flicks and nonsensical types of uh, of football that that we've not been used to this season. Um, So, yeah, it was very strange. Very, very strange. And, you know, we're not playing the world's best here. We're playing a team that should really be put to the sword. Um, So it it was kind of odd. It
1: was. And I, I just don't understand why once they scored. I mean, earlier on in the season, we conceded a few times and immediately roared back, right? Now, it seems like, and I don't know if this is because we conceded the first goal or an equaliser earlier on in the season, and now it's kind of been the goal that's pulled it back to 2-1, which kind of gives you a little bit more of what we have, we hold. But I didn't see any reason after that goal why we couldn't immediately get back on the ball and go forward. Because we weren't we weren't doing what we did in the first half an hour because they were asleep. We were doing it because we are that much better than them so to go from that to how we played in the next 40 minutes 45 minutes of football i just don't get it just how are we how are we just letting them take control of the situation like that it just doesn't make any sense
2: yeah i'm 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 lost here on this one too it's like when we play our game you know first half against liverpool and the, the you know first you know, however many minutes in the West Ham game, it's like, we are clearly the best or second best team in the league. I mean, you know, it passes the eye test stats, you know, goals, but it's like the second a game forces us to change what our main game plan is, we, we kind of fall apart. And I don't know if it's fear or instruction. I doubt it's instruction, but you know, it's, every time we have to change up our, how we normally play it, you know, we look much the worse for it. And I really, you know, I wish we could figure out why this is happening.
1: Yeah, I do too. And we, we really, really need to get out of this habit quick because we've got a couple of tough away games coming up in Man City and Newcastle where I'm not expecting a clean sheet, right? The way we're defending, I am not expecting a clean sheet. Mm -hmm. We cannot do that. Against those teams, because Man City especially will annihilate us if if we start doing that against them. So they've got to try and get this into their heads and get through. I I don't know what you do, but they have to think. They have to think of a different way. Basically, there's got to be another way, and not not having Zinchenko, I thought was it was a huge blow because I do think had Zinchenko been there, especially at two one, I think we would have been able to get more control. You know, we had Tierney going into the midfield, and it it was a waste of time, a complete waste of time. I, I mean, there was. I don't really. He wouldn't have played if Tommy Asu was fit, right? I think we all agree on that. I think mean, Tommy mm. Asu would have would have played if he'd have been fit. I just wonder at this point. Let's say Zinchenko doesn't make it on Friday. Do you think he plays Tierney again? Because I don't. I think he moves Shaka. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking. I think Shaka moves in there, because the the problem you have with Tierney is, you know, we talked about this. Tini has great qualities, but he's an old-fashioned left-back. He's a Stuart Pierce. He's one of these that just, gall- you know, he's, he does great runs. You'll get to the byline. He, he's very direct, but he isn't technically gifted. That's just how he is. So he can't adapt to that role that he's being asked to do. So there's no coincidence that Tommy Tomiyasu can play, that that Arteta would rather play a right-back in his position because he can he is more technically, um, he, he's technically better than than him. And Shaka also can can at least control the game and move into midfield. So it's very, it's a strong possibility. Um, and if you're going to do it, you do it against the bottom team of the league, don't you?
1: Yeah, of course. And just when we saw Shaka at left back last year, year before when it when it was all going wrong, it wasn't the same left back, right? Because that's not how we use the left back now. The left back is more moving into midfield. Um, so there, there is that. He should be should be better for it, right?
2: Uh, it's completely like apples and oranges to how it was for sure. Um, I think jaco would do a a pretty good job playing that in, inverted left back, stepping into midfield role. Um, I, it does I just... it
1: does open up another problem though, because for whatever reason, Arteta doesn't want to play Emil Smith I think we we're, we're we're pretty much seeing that now. He's not trusted. He he doesn't want to play. So. We're then stuck with Fabio Vieira, who isn't ready for the Premier League right now. He just doesn't look up to it. So I think the one thing that could be holding him back, I think he would have done it on Sunday, and he thought he had someone that could play that jack if someone was banging down the door for that part of the team. Josh, you think he would have, he would have done it?
2: I think he would have given Tierney maybe one shot. Uh, you know, it's really hard to say. And then... Like you just said, who comes in for it? You know, like I don't think Vieira Smith Rowe would come in from the start. I think we'd be more likely to see uh, Jorginho there. Yeah, or maybe that's him. what I think. Yeah. Oh,
1: God, please, no. <laughs> um, just Paz, I will say this. You said you thought Jorginho was all right when he came on. I thought he was horrendous. He came on and our play slowed to a walking pace immediately.
0: I, 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 I know. Yeah. He, he... It is a difficult one because he is a downgrade from part. But I thought he... I I didn't think his passing was bad. I thought his passing was pretty good. I thought his control on the ball was pretty good. But I, I don't think he's, he was the issue uh, anyway. I, but, I just find him painful to watch. It, it's so slow.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he is. And we're used to far more... Um, the transitional playing being a much quicker. But you have a problem, don't you? I mean, it's like what Justin said. I mean, if Smith-Rowe's not trusted, if, if Fabio Vieira really looks so I don't know he just looks so um so weak on the ball he looks so fragile he just doesn't I don't know it just seems that the Premier League is not suited for him anyway at least this season yeah. uh uh who else have you got who else can you put you haven't got Nenny there who would be a better option um it looks like because it looks like Jorginho like would be the option I would think he would do if he did move Shaka.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not an easy one for sure. Let's let's just hope Zinchenko is fit. I mean, I know they said it was minor. We've heard that from Zinchenko before, and it hasn't ended well. But let's let's hope he's and you've got Man City just
0: after that, haven't you? So that that could also be a thought process. So they'd rather have him fully fit for Man City.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, So their their equalising goal, like we said, was coming. It was corners, throw ons. It was coming, coming, coming. We cleared the ball. They smack it back over the top because that's what they do. We get the offside line all wrong. Bowen runs through onside, smacks it in at the near post. That's nothing really Ramsdale could do right. I've seen a little bit of criticism, for it when at the near post. But, I mean, he hits that pretty hard and he hits it pretty early.
0: Yeah, I mean, knowing Ramsdale, he probably would be a little bit self-critical that he should have, because it was at his near post, he should have maybe have... Been a little bit stronger with it, but yeah, I agree with you. I I think it it all stems down to our defensive line. I don't know what we were doing. It was uh it it was a very routine ball over the top, and we were all at sea when it came to our offside trap. Uh so yeah, I, I wouldn't apportion too much blame to him. I'd just apportion it more to our defensive uh defensive laps.
1: Yeah, I agree. And when that ball went over the top. I mean, my first thought is that he has to be offside. And when I saw the replay thought, and, yeah. and, and he wasn't, I mean, he was a good two yards onside mm. and I, I couldn't believe what I was, what I was seeing. It was really, really ragged. And the bit that disappointed me from that point on is they, West Ham immediately went back in their shell, right? They they weren't interested in, in a winner. I know they had that Antonio chance late on when he, when he kind of hit the outside of post, but he really wasn't, they really weren't interested in going to win it. But I just don't think we we did enough. We had the one chance that went across the face of goal when Jesus couldn't quite get it, and uh, it came to Saka, and he, he you know he he didn't get it under control quick enough, and they blocked it out. I mean, we didn't really create anything after that. I guess we've got to talk about the penalty, um, which was obviously before their their equalising goal. Um, I don't really know what to say about this. I mean, it was it was a penalty. Uh, he had his arms he had his arms out for no real reason. Um, So I think it was a penalty, but the penalty itself, I mean, he just missed it. And Saka, I mean, he's five from five for us. I I never thought he was going to miss it. Just did you?
2: I don't think he looked that confident, honestly, stepping up to it, but you know, I mean, that, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, I heard someone say, and since I've rewatched it back, I can kind of see this, but Saka's shot to the same side for all his penalties. And uh, if you watch, Fabianski makes a little move to that that direction, and it looks like he just lifts the ball more than he intended to. Now, again, that's you know neither here nor there, but you know I, I do think there is like something a little bit in that. And like I said, he's looked so confident standing over the penalties, and I, I just didn't really feel feel that for him this time. It's a
1: strange one because. Something it did look like something happened in that run up. I don't know if he changed his mind at the last minute or, or what it was, but Paz, that wasn't his normal run up.
0: No, it, it, it's a really he He rarely lifts the ball as well. I mean, I, he's I, usually a low shot, isn't it? Uh, and he waits to anticipate what the keeper's going to do from all the ones we've seen. So it, it it was really, it's so weird with penalties though, and I think most. Arsenal fans I've read about were sensing that there was something not up with this penalty and that we were going to miss it. It's so weird how that happens because I had that feeling before he took it. This is not looking good. I don't know why, but it's just sometimes it happens. Um And he he just did. Uh, yeah, he, he it, it would have been in, to be honest, if he had got that on target. I don't think Fabianci would have got it, but he just... I think there was something, he, he may, maybe he changed his mind, but you're right, the run-up was not the same, and nor was the shot and the way that he took it.
1: No, I, d- I definitely think he saw a movement from Fabianski and, and changed his mind or something in the run-up, like just said, because it, it mm. didn't look right when he did it, and for him to miss the target completely, I mean, he didn't have a good game, all told, Saka, I mean, he's had. I think he's had a rough yeah. couple of weeks, actually. Um but yeah, it's one of the things. I mean, I'm not worried about his mentality at his we'll pass to you. I mean, he's he's missed a bigger penalty than this for a start and been and been fine. So, and I think if we get a penalty on Friday, I think he's putting it on the spot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any any doubts about his his mentality. I mean, he he took penalty took a penalty in the European European Championship final at 19. So, uh, and and we all know what happened after that. Uh, So I have no no worries about it. It was just one of those days where we would just not add it. And that includes taking a penalty. Um, You you just put it behind you. And uh, knowing the mentality of these professional players, they will.
1: Yeah, and that's it. Penalties can be missed. Everybody misses penalties at some point. Matt Letizia missed one. Ivan Tony missed one the other Mm. day. Everyone misses penalties occasionally. It's going to happen. I was more annoyed with the other stuff around the game than that you know they're the giving a yeah. the stupid goal away and then like I said not creating much um judge you, you can't argue we deserve to win that game right
2: yeah no we definitely didn't deserve to win it um and you know I mean it boils down to everything we already talked about but I mean the fact of the matter is we just you know we didn't create enough chances and and we were asleep at the back you know the the jagged offside trap and you know it was just it was just kind of a mess game and um yeah we and then you know getting into the second half with the subs and stuff like that we just got even worse so yeah there's no way we deserve three points in this one
1: no for sure okay let's let's leave the first half there we'll come back in the second half and we'll really get into the um, we'll get into the subs and we'll get into what this game means in a in a broader sense so uh we'll see you after halftime Hey guys just a couple of quick halftime announcements we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app it really helps us reach a wider audience and we thank you for your support also don't forget to check out our socials we are the Pod on twitter instagram and facebook we try and put out some cool content so give us a like or a follow and help us build our guna community <laughs> Welcome back to the Non-Negotiable Podcast, um, Pass. Let's let's finish off dissecting this game a little bit, and let's let's get stuck into these subs because there's it, it, this is crazy to me. Like me and Josh spoke last week um, about Arteta's subs and how they seem to be getting better, and then all of a sudden just took a complete nosedive. Mm. These ones today to me are nonsensical. So on the hour, it goes to two two, 66 minutes. He takes off Jesus, who was clearly our best player. And Pai, who, by the way, was probably our worst player. Um, And he brings on Jorginho and Trossard. Now, I've already told you what I think about Jorginho and, you know, Trossard. Trossard's a good player. But again, I just think when you take Jesus off, you lose so much. Um, More than the players coming on right now, I want to talk about the players coming off. Unless there is a reason why Gabriel Jesus comes off on 66 minutes, which I don't see because he played more than that last week. um, Can you think of any logical reason to take off your best forward and best player on 66 minutes when you're chasing a goal?
0: It's mind-boggling for me because the Liverpool game, again, we're going back to a replica of the Liverpool game because Jesus is one of our best players on the field that day. His control on the ball, the hold-up play... The way he was involving our front line, the way he was that that point between the defender, uh, our midfield, and the attack. So then we took him off in that game as well. Um, um, I, I'd forgotten who we took him off for, but um, but we took him off. Uh, in this game, again, uh, he was he scored the goal like in the Liverpool game. Um, he was getting in the right places. I remember that chance you mentioned in the second half, which he missed when the ball came across. Um, from I think it was Martinelli. Um, I might was that was it Martinelli? Was Martinelli yes. who? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right across, yeah. So I I, I I couldn't understand that. I thought Saka was probably one of our worst players as well in that game. So I don't know why. You, you see, if you're trying to make a statement with party, who we all know is invaluable to our to our to our team, and you're trying to make a point with party. Could be injury. I'm assuming it's just because he played badly. You're taking him off. Okay, fair enough. Saka was also poor. He, he obviously I don't want to blame for the penalty, but it was an awful penalty, and also it was just in game play was not was not effective. Why aren't you bringing Trossard on for him? I do, I don't understand why you bring then the best attacker that you've had along with Martinelli off the field. It's a very very strange uh, sequence of events, and it's not the first time. So we're talking about repeating itself in the next game. Um, so I I I can't understand it. The only reason I can think of with party is just pres- preserving him, or just purely because he played badly. And Jesus again, it's because he's coming back in the game, but he's played a good few games now and he's had a good rest. And I I don't see him as coming physically uh, physically fatigued or any particular issue. So I, I can't think of any reason besides that as to why you would do it.
1: No, and I get he wanted to get Trossard on and the Partey one, he was on a yellow card as well, which I think might have influenced that mm. a little bit. Um and I, like I say, I get wanted to get Trossard on, but I agree with you, Saka wasn't having the best of days. Bring him on there. You you don't take off Jesus, you should not be taking off Jesus on 66 no. minutes. It makes no sense. And it affected our play. We did have the chance just after that when Saka ran the length of the field and he, he you know the, the defender did really well, Kerra, because he didn't commit. Um, and it kind of forced Saka to take a route that he really didn't want to take, and he had no choice but to hit a shot, um, which in the end he was falling back, and it was it was weak. Um, but we had that one, and beyond that, we really created nothing after that. No. Right? Like like the game was just dead,
0: and we didn't really have a, 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 a you know a kind of a target man because Nketi came on. We all know what well, I mean. I mean,
1: we'll, we'll get to that because mm. the, the timing of these subs also needs to be bringing, brought into question, right? Not just the subs, the timing. Because yeah. then we go to the 84th minute, right? So he's made the first subs on 66. It's almost 20 minutes before he makes another sub. And then the double change is Martinelli and Tierney off for Vieira and Reese Nelson. Now, I get, taking Tierney off to bring on another uh, more attack-minded player and moving Xhaka into left-back, right? I have no problem with that. In fact, that's a move that I thought should have happened probably 20 minutes earlier than it did. So i got no issue with that. I do have an issue with it being Reese Nelson that comes on, right? And and I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. And this isn't a slight against Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson has played a part in four league games before that. That, to me, on 84 minutes, is Arteta absolutely desperate having no idea what to do and just going, well, it works against Bournemouth.
0: Yeah. And possibly regretting the move that he made earlier. with taking Jesus off, you know, it's, it, I think it's, it, it's, it really, it, you're right about the timing. It, it, it does kind of speak a bit of desperation um, in Ketia as well. I, 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 I feel you've got, the way I look at subs is you're bringing usually the ones on which you feel are going to make an impact one, but also taking off the ones that have had little impact in the game or played badly. Yeah. I just, I just cannot understand when it's the player who's been your better of the attackers or been the better player of your team. You're taking that person off. He, He's come out and said that he needs to look at the team need to, you know, going heavy on the team and the mistakes made. But maybe he also needs to look at his own uh, in-game management over the last few weeks. And look how that can be changed because we couldn't be doing that against City. No, you cannot and, be doing that.
1: No. And then we get to the last change on 89 minutes. What is the point of making a change on 89
0: minutes? That was baffling for me as well. I mean, I get it if we're winning, but... He, well, just, seems it's it's like, well, he weird.
1: just seems obsessed with Martin Odegaard not playing 90 minutes. I don't know what difference 89 and 90 makes, mm. but he's took mm. him off on 89. He's took him off when we're about to put a free kick into the box. He's took a free, tip, free kick taker off. Fabio Vieira has been on the field for about two minutes, then gets over the free kick and completely wastes it, which you knew he was, was going to do.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know what he thought Nketiah was going to give us for a couple of, a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. To me, this sub was, it may have been the most baffling of all because of the timing and because of what it was. I know Odegaard didn't have the best game from half an hour on, but nobody did. And at that point, him and Trossard had actually looked like linking up a couple of times. It didn't come off, but they were at least trying something. I just, I find these subs baffling pass.
0: But also, you know, if you're going to base Odegaard's, you know, if you're going to base your judgment on Odegaard because he wasn't performing in the last 30 minutes, but who unlocked their defence with the pass to score the first goal? You know, have a look at that as well. And you know that these players will unlock it. Jesus can make a difference. Odegaard can make it That one second, there are players that he's bringing on that really won't do that. Fabio Verri has already shown this season that he's off the pace for the Premier League. So I don't know what you get out of bringing him on for two, three minutes, unless you want a time waste. He's not going to make the impact that you're expecting. It's hard enough for him to make the impact when he plays a full match. So it it is really baffling. And we're not playing in Europe. We haven't got a game. We've got a game on Friday. We're now playing regular, you know, uh, a game a week. I don't know what you're preserving. I really don't. I get party sometimes. I get Zinchenko on occasions because we know they're prone to injury and we know how important they are. I just don't get Jesus. I don't get... Uh, Odegaard, because if there's anyone, it's like taking Dennis Bergkamp off. You know, there's a moment when that player can um, can pick a pass and unlock the game just like that. And there's not very there's very few players that can do it in our team, other than him.
1: Yeah, it, it, bringing him off every game makes no sense, and I I don't understand it. I just I don't get it. It is like I say, mm-hmm. it's just baffling. They are they were baffling substitutions once again. They didn't work, and you know, and we've spoke about this before right? Process over results. i got no problem with that. We agreed with it last year when we went process over results. We didn't buy anyone in January because we knew we were going to buy Jesus in the summer. Fine. Got no issue with that. The process for these subs were all wrong. It was the two on 66 minutes that made no sense whatsoever. And then waiting until 87 minutes for a double sub and 89 for another sub. It, It just, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And we like we said, we never really push for it. The other thing here, Pass, and and Jazz is usually the man I go to with this because he's uh he's our resident ESR lover. But what the hell is going on?
0: It's odd, it, it is odd because I don't know why you don't bring on ESR over Fabio Vieira. I would think he's an instant for me if he's fully fit, there's he's ahead of Fabio Vieira and that. That is based on the fact that we know what he can do in the Premier League. We know what he has done for us. We know what his impact can be. Something might be going on behind the scenes. Maybe his fitness is not as what we think it is. I I just cannot understand. He's on the bench, Uh, though. um, He's got
1: to be capable of doing half an hour if he's on the bench. He has to be.
0: That's it. Or even in Fabio Vieira's case, what was it, three minutes? You could give him the – you could put him on. I I, I just don't – I don't know – if we're seeing signs of what's to come over summer and that we're going to let him go, um, which I think is not an unreasonable thought process, or it's um, some form of preservation for him. But we're at the back end of the season now. So, what preservation is there? Um, then we're going through a big long summer break. There's no um, tournament to think about. So, I, I don't, I, I, it's, it's one that I would love someone to ask him. And find out what's going on because no one's ever asked him that question. Uh, what is going on with Smith Rowe? What is what what what's his what is his thinking behind it?
1: Yeah, it's bizarre. We had all these reports that you know he's Charles Watts was saying he's practicing solely as a midfielder in training, and he's you know he's being earmarked for that role. I mean, we've seen no sign of that whatsoever. I mean, nah. nothing. He's just not even seeing the field. And when you've got someone like that on the bench, and and, and look. If you'd have asked me 18 months ago, I would have had him in the team in front of Martinelli. Now, I think Martinelli's kicked on while Smith Rowe was out. Injured and Martinelli absolutely deserves his spot in the team because he's been he's been awesome this season, no doubt. But if you're going to take Martinelli off, I do not get why Smith Rowe isn't the first man up. If it's not Trossard. Trossard was already on for Jesus. So I don't get why it's not ESR. And then if you're going to move Shaka to left back, why is ESR not the man coming on in that in that midfield role. It just don't, when you've got a player like him who carries the ball well, he finds space, he's timing into the box. He's brilliant. He scores goals. You're chasing the game. This, I don't know why he's still sitting on the bench and he's not going to be happy with his passes either. I mean, forget about whether we want to let him go or not. If he don't get on the pitch for the rest of this season, he's going to be banging on the manager's door.
0: It will be. It's baffling. It's baffling. And I- I, I would think he, he would be uh, agitated for a move. Um, and, and also the actions are speaking louder than the words, aren't they? Because it just seems that he's he's like what Tierney is. He's not doesn't seem to be in the thought process of the manager. It doesn't seem to be, you know, you've got other players who are going in ahead of him. Uh, and players who we all know aren't, aren't really, I mean, we know how techn- technically gifted he is and what his impact can be. And you'd look at some of those players that are going in ahead of him and they're not making the impact that he would make. So it, it, it is a baffling one. Um, I, I, can only, I can only do it to the injury thing and in that they're really trying to not get him back into another injury. But that, that's, it seems like that's long gone now. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he's never going to be able to prove he can stay fit if he don't play. That's, 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 it. that's what it really comes down to. So. And
0: he's still on the bench. So he's obviously fit.
1: Yeah, well, and he played for it. He played for the England under-21s, right? Yeah. So and yeah. it's it's not like he hasn't played, but there's something, there's something there that he's not coming on because I, I don't see, I agree with you, I don't see how this can be for footballing reasons. I know Arteta has a slight Fabio Vieira obsession, which I don't really get. Um, but to bring on Reese Nelson in front of him, if I'm Smith Rowe, I've got to be honest, I'm already asking for a move in that case because um, I, I thought that was a real kick in the teeth to bring on. Reece Nelson, I just, I, I don't know, I don't get it I I thought it was bizarre um, The other injury is obviously Big Willie um, I just I don't know, at this point, do you see him coming back this season? Because I'm starting to get to the point now where I'm thinking that they may just shut him down and they might just not say anything until after the Man City game because they don't want them preparing to play against Holden
0: That's the way I'm looking at it I, I, I feel that he is nearly ready uh and um they are looking at that man city game uh now if he I, I can't see he might have a part to play in southampton but if they feel that he's practically there they might just bring him on for the last 30 minutes um and just give him a run out i feel it is just earmarking him for that game and it's absolutely understandable because As much as I like Rod Holding, we've always spoke about this. After about three or four games of Rob Holding in the team, you start really seeing what we're missing in that defence, defensively and offensively. So, Man City, you really need him in that team. You need him in there as much as you need Zinchenko, as much as you need Party. You need Saliba back there.
1: I'm concerned, though, about him going into that game having not played for two months, if that's, you know, if that does happen. I just... Haaland's just going to pull on him at every opportunity and we can pump him full of all the drugs in the world. But it's a back injury and I'm just, I don't know, I'm I'm petrified of that. I I, Honestly, I feel like if he can't play at least half an hour against Southampton, I don't think you, you risk him for that. I think the risks are just far greater than the reward.
0: Yeah, yeah, but then i i don't know i it, it all depends on what the diagnosis is with the back um i don't think they would unnecessarily risk him but i feel that, that they will um certainly uh, be evaluating that and maybe they have come to the conclusion that he would be okay for that game but they have to gradually get him in i do agree you don't want him to be in a situation where he needs a surgery it's such an uh, the back is such a complicated area to be dealt with you don't want that happening um, but I guess it's also, you know, this question of this is going to be the most important game of the season. If we can get Saliba in for that one game. Um, then, you know, the rewards could be incredible. Yes, there is a risk. I, I he's had a, he's had a good time off now, so it's one of those. They're very coy, aren't they? Um, Arteta was always coy about about injuries and what's going on. But it does feel like that's what they're building him up for. But I agree with you. It's also how how will he, he will be rusty for sure. Um, so that's why maybe getting him some game time against Southampton would be beneficial for him. Um, but it is a delicate situation.
1: It is. And after that Man City game, we've got the Newcastle away game. But other than that, you might as well shut him down after that. Like if he doesn't make the Man City game, I don't see why he plays again this season
0: yeah and and uh, with that then you're really worried about where our season ends up not not worried in terms of um you know uh league position as such but just not winning the league i mean because uh, I, I i can't i can't see us in games against man city and against newcastle without saliba i i just don't see holding anywhere close to the quality that he brings And uh, especially when you're up against, you know, that beast of a player for Man City and then Newcastle are no mugs either. They're going to give us a tough game. So, yeah, if he doesn't play against Man City, maybe they have plans for him later on. But I think I I just feel they're earmarking for that game and perhaps maybe uh, the Newcastle game after. I don't know. But those those two are the really tough ones that we have. And I think we've been seeing that he is really missed at the back.
1: Well, they're the two with that sort of striker, right? Because you've mm. got you've got Haaland and then you've got Isaac, who are both yeah. both incredibly quick, um, and that's the sort of player that's going to cause Rob Holding problems. Like I haven't got a problem with him in the Chelsea game when Havertz is dropping off to the halfway line. I don't have a problem. With him in the Brighton game when they're, you know, everything kind of is in, in front of you. I don't have a problem with him, wolves with Diego Costa, when it's just going to be a rough and tumble physical battle. I've got no problem with him in any of them games. But Man City and Newcastle are the two where you think that's gonna that's gonna cause a problem.
0: Yeah, those those are the ones that you look at and you worry the most about if he's not on the field. It's also just what we do as well when we regain possession. He's really quick with deliver- getting that ball out. he takes risks, and like you said, you know playing at the back there's always going to be risks involved, but those risks that he takes are worth it because our movement then thereafter is going to be incredibly quick and fluid um something holding just does not have in his locker, a bit like what teeny that Tierney doesn't have uh, as the as the inverted left back, yeah, it's
1: just roles that don't really they that, that just don't suit the player. Yeah. it's not their fault. we've just moved on as a club i mean you think of when, you know, Holdings, Holdings been here, what, seven or eight years? We're just a different team to, to what we were then. We've we've moved on. We've moved past it, and they just happen to still, still be here. And I, I think Holdings Holding's done well, but it is noticeable that the ball doesn't come out quite as big, that Ben White doesn't trust him quite as much, that Saka isn't getting the ball in quite the right position. I think it is, it is noticeable. Um, so, yeah. the game as a whole and its effect on a title race, so there's there's a couple of things here, right? The draw in itself, what it really does, is it take away a security blanket, right? Because now mm. it's six wins and a draw that we need, whereas we could have got away with five wins and two draws before this game, but mm. now we can't. So it takes away that security blanket which has been there the whole time. Um, it also means that whatever happens at the Etihad we're not going anywhere close to sealing a title there. Like, a, a win would be a massive a massive boon for us, but it wouldn't guarantee the title, and a draw certainly doesn't guarantee the title.
0: No, I, I, our situation... You see, what's, what's interesting is our situation is more or less the same as it was after the Liverpool game. It's the same scenario, really, that we, we can't lose at City. We don't have to win, but we can't lose. It was exactly the same after the Liverpool game.
1: But I think what has changed, though, Pass, is that I think before City had to win that game, and I don't think they do now. I think a draw for them against us there, I don't think they'll see that as a bad result because what, what you're then saying is we are going to win all five of the other games. And if you've watched us defend over the last few couple of months, really, there's no way we're not dropping points from somewhere between now and the end of the season, be it at Newcastle or home at Chelsea, wherever it is, there is no way we're not dropping points. So I think what it does is I do think it means that Man City do not have to win that game, which a week ago they did.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, It it, it does. You could say that, but what you could also say, if you want to try and think that we still have, we still have control of some some element. If we do not lose, if we do not lose. We still have control of our own destiny. Yes, you look at the fixtures; it's always been our concern. It is really tough. Um, even Nottingham Forest away is not an easy game either. Um, so we we've got we've got games there that are going to be a lot tougher than they're running. They're also in a rich vein of form as well, which also has to be considered. But if I'm going to try and look at some silver lining we know what needs to be done now that 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 laxadizical lack of control in the last two two games you would hope i'm not saying it's going to happen but you would hope that has to be stamped out 100% now there is no room at all for an error yes we kind of got away with it in some of our games because we might have lost to liverpool as well um but you you would if you're looking at both of them you'd probably say City definitely have have more of the the advantage here but that's not to say we don't have control of it so I, I feel the the objective now surely has to be looking at these games and eradicating any of that nonsense that we've seen in the last two games because I think Jamie Carragher said it he said um, that it's he doesn't see it as us bottling it. He sees it as us just playing with a bit of arrogance. And I, I agree with that. I think we did. I think we go 2-0 up and we act like morons. Instead of just putting the game to bed, absolutely just continuing the same play, we do stupid shit like what party did the other day. I think that surely now the focus is going to be on how we clamp that out completely. Um But... What what can you do? You go into those games as a team and you think to yourself, this is our objective. We know exactly now what we We cannot slip up one bit. We cannot take our eye off the ball. Um, and um, and that will be including the City game. We get a draw in the City game. We're still in it. We're still with the control on our own destiny. But it is going to be really tough now. We have made it tough for ourselves. And those last two results bring doubt in your mind about whether we can do it.
1: Well, at least we didn't lose the Liverpool game. I mean, that's the one Nothing. thing now where, you know, the arguments about was it a point gained or two lost, I think we know that was a point gained now because that is the point that basically allows us to go to the Etihad and play for a draw because, or, or or it's a good result if we come away with a draw because had Liverpool mm. beaten us, it would be three points with them with a game in hand and then all of a sudden we have to win there because their goal difference is so far superior to ours now. Um, that we we would have to win there, so I, I think that is the that is the one thing is that it does put that Liverpool result into into more perspective. Um, but yeah, this was this was a disaster. There's there's no there's no two ways about it. This was this was poor. It was very very poor, and they've got to try and work this out this week on the training ground because, like you said, I don't think Arteta's telling them to do this when they go in front. Um, so quite why they're backing off the way they are. I don't know. And it was just so unnecessary. So unnecessary.
0: You'd think they know now. You'd think. You'd think that he's hammered that home because he doesn't generally criticise the players. He did this time. He made it very clear that that was not the instructions they were given to do these stupid flicks and act like they've just won the game after 30 minutes. So I'm, I'm pretty sure knowing how he is and how detailed he is, he's trying to stamp that shit out straight away. And Southampton is a great indicator to see um, how much it has been regret because you can go in 2-0 up against Southampton. If we start seeing that shit again, then we know it has not changed because we know that Southampton is the bottom bottom of the league. They're not a very good team. They're fighting for their lives. But if you can't go into that game wanting to absolutely annihilate them, then then you're not up for this fight.
1: Yeah, and I think... Just getting a point from the head is going to be—it's going to be such a such a big boost if we can if we can come out there tank. And you know, if we can win there, even better. Uh,
0: it, it look, it, you know, we don't—you can't compare eighty-eight, eighty-nine to this. You can't. There are uh, parallels, uh, though, past. There are parallels to that's this. That's what I'm trying to say. There are points where we lost control, didn't we? We had the control. 80 then we had that Derby result, and then we had that Wimbledon result, suddenly the control is out of our hands. So we're kind of, we still have it, but we're just on the edge now. So the objective is clear. It's always been clear, but now it's even more clear in, in terms of we cannot slip up again. We've allowed two games to slip up. We cannot do it. So I, I would think going into that City game would be to be cautious, of course, but actually probably the objective is to win. Because you can't go with the mentality of going for a draw. It just doesn't work out that way. It's great on paper, but you've got to go in it with the mentality you want to win this game. It's the only way I think they could get away with a draw or perhaps a win.
1: Well, I agree with you 100%. And the other thing is, like we've been saying, is that you can't trust our defence to hold out. So there's no way we can go in there and play for a nil-nil.
0: Yeah, and that's where Saliba is going to be important because if defensively we can't hold out, or a nil-nil or whatever we need that transition to attack much quicker uh than we've been getting so that we we, we i think we're going to come to the fact that we, it's going to be really difficult to keep them at bay to make them at zero because they, they're just looking so good and this is without even Foden playing at the moment they're just it's like unbelievable when they bring on these subs you forget that these players is, are there um, and it's pretty astounding. Uh, but I think their defence is there for the taking. I think it is. I don't think it's as amazing as people say it is. Um, and he's fiddling around a lot, and he's doing a lot of uh, moves, which he can possibly do against um, Leicester or these teams. But be interesting to see what he does against us um, and how we approach it. Yeah,
1: and I think we're back to that situation again like we were at Anfield when when we all said we need to score multiple goals in this game and mm. I think at City for us to get anything out of it two is going to be the minimum requirement
0: yeah yeah it, it, it's 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 going to be I don't know are you looking forward to that game I'm not really looking forward to it to no. be honest I no, think I'm, it's going I'm to not. be excruciatingly and, hard
1: well and at um, the I'm, minute I'm looking forward to I've been looking forward to basically every game do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, me yeah. I want to get on to the next match. Even after that West Ham game, as, as angry as I was afterwards, after after blowing it like that, I'm still looking forward to the Southampton game.
2: But that yeah, Man me City too.
1: game, I agree with you. And I, I tell you what, if we come out of that, if we do beat Southampton and get a draw at Man City, mate, those last the last five games are going to be, there's going to be so much on that because we're going to have to win five games in a row.
0: Yeah, it's it. It really is. I mean, if you're a bookie, you're obviously putting all your money on um on Man City. It's absolutely, and I probably would on if I if I was a neutral. But I do feel, as we've said before, there is some strength of character with this team. We're gonna, you know, we've already talked about this before, Gav, but. We're on course to beat the Invincibles points tally, right? We beat the Invincibles points tally. It's just unfortunate that we are in an era where you've got a financially doped, um, you know, basically pumpful of steroids type of uh, club that you're yeah. up against.
1: I mean, yeah, well, that's exactly it. Look at what we're up against. Just look yeah. at what we're up against. It is, it is insane that a draw, two draws at Anfield and then away at West Ham feels like it's cataclysmic. And, and it is. because of what it is. we're playing against.
0: Absolutely. And 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 uh, the, the the not that we should play too much into what the media says, but the way that they're talking about us is if we're bottling it and all this crap that we hear all the time. But like nothing is said about them. Nothing is said about them that they've got an excess of a hundred charges or whatever it is that the Premier League have levied on them. Well, very, the, very strong the thing charges. Is,
1: the thing is, though, Pass is that we're a massive club, right? And we've mm. got a huge, huge online following. Probably that Probably, if not the biggest, certainly the most active of all clubs online, right? Yeah. So by writing headlines like that, you generate clicks. By writing headlines about
0: Manchester City, you don't. That's true. That's true. You that's know, true. I mean, that's they can't even easy. fill up their stadium in a Champions League match. No. So, and, and, you know. and
1: that's why it's easy for morons like Adrian Durham on TalkSport and Jamie O'Hara and that. The reason they go after us all the time is because it gets some clicks and it gets some views. That is true. Doing. Yeah, like, that you know, is they, true. They, like Adrian Durham's a shock jock, right? That's all he is. He, he doesn't even believe the shit that he's spouting. He just no. spouts it because he knows it's going to get retweets, views, and comments. And it's you know, it's it's unfortunate, but that's you've got people out there like that who have basically made an entire career uh, of being controversial. And that's that's all there is to it. And we are a very very good target for that because of the reaction that you get.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously we've gone through quite a long period of of not winning the league and, you know, we've had slip ups and so we're quite an easy target. And like you said, we've got a great following. Um, but I, I do look at something different, Gav. I mean, you know, any like I've said, we've won league titles and lost at Anfield. West Ham, I did think we were going to go there and win. I won't lie. And I thought we'd batter them, to be honest. We were battering them, but um, we lost our control. But we did not lose those games. And that is significant for me. It's significant because in past years, we've let teams back. And not only let them back, we've lost. We didn't in those two games. And I think that's important. I think that's important because it shows that there is still strength of character there. There is still enough for us to understand that we are in this championship race.
1: Yeah, and it, it would probably be fatal, let's be fair, if we'd have lost either of them games. I think it's it probably would have been fatal if, if they'd have got... Oh, yeah. yeah. West Ham had got a winner. So we are still in it. I mean, we're, we're still clawing. We're well capable of of winning six and drawing one of the last seven. We're well capable of it. I'm not saying we're going to do it, but we are we are capable mm. of it. And the fact that we played the way we did at Liverpool and the fact that we played the way we did at West Ham for the first the first half an hour in both games... There's no reason we can't put performances like that. And let's be fair, we could have killed both of them games off. And, you know, it's a very different discussion we're having today.
0: It is, it is in, in a way, you know, sometimes if you, if you win those two games, we could have been complacent against Southampton, or we could get complacent against another team, or, um, you know, there could be something that knocks us off. So, In some respects, when you look at now what we have left, the remit is so clear. There there is no room for slip-ups. So you can't be doing what party did in that game. You can't be doing... uh, You can't be... You've got to be totally on it for the full 90 minutes. So in that respect, um, I guess there's not going to be any kind of ambiguity in the instructions. I think it's going to be very clear. Um, And uh, no matter which way we look at it, we are surpassing anything that we expected to do. And it's been one of the best seasons I can remember for many years. So I, I still think there's a lot more to come. I think there is. I really feel that this team is not done at all. Um, and Southampton would be a good, it's, it's a kind of, it's a good game to be going into, isn't it? Just before City, that's the game you want to be playing. You want to be at home to Southampton, team that's bottom of the league, and you want to absolutely trounce them to get yourselves ready for that City game.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely glad it's Southampton at home and not yeah. one of the last two games. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to be going in there off the back of Liverpool away or West Ham away. Um, no. I, would, I would much prefer to be going into it off of that. And, you know, and Man City are going into it off of an FA Cup semi-final, which, I, I mean, let's be fair, they've got Sheffield United. I don't think it's going to make a blind bit of difference. They're no. probably going to have a very heavily rotated team for that that Sheffield United game. And they'll still breeze through it easy. Um So, you know, the timing kind of suits both clubs, I guess, really, with this. So we'll we'll see. It's all it's all still to play for, that's for sure. And you just gotta hope that we can get them levels that we had in the first 30 minutes of both these last two games and just sustain them, right? Because like that was part of the thing. We've seen under Arteta before, especially last season, where we saw we did have them five them half an hour spells. And then exactly like something the last two games, we we fell off. But Mm. earlier on in this season, we weren't falling off, were we?
0: No, we weren't. And we'd, um, we, you know, look at it as close as Villa game. We were 2-2 with them. We mm. we got ourselves back in. We went on and won that game uh, 4-2. Um, yeah, it was at the death, but we went on and won. So it isn't, it isn't something that um, we've been doing too, with too much regularity, but with every season, there's going to be a few moments where we're going to have a few slip-ups. It's now really tail end of this. We can't, we cannot afford one more. No,
1: no, that's it.
0: All right, pass. Well, thanks for tonight, mate. Um, have you got uh, anything else you want to uh, you want to add in, or are we are we done there? I think that's it, man. Um, just yeah. uh, I hope we're in good spirits the next time we speak. Um, well, yeah, actually, that will be before the Southampton game, right?
1: Yeah, it will be. Yeah, it'll be. before okay. Southampton. So. Okay,
0: so two two podcasts from there then. Yep. So. <laughs>
1: Okay, mate. All right. Well, have a good night and uh, thank you very much. And everybody, we will see you Thursday or Friday. Goodbye. Bye-bye.